0: All right. Happy Monday night. Welcome. Welcome to the Sportsbook here on 760 WJR. There is, as usual, a lot to kibitz about. Uh, The Open Championship uh, finalized yesterday. Your Detroit Tigers have won two in a row. Keeping in mind the trade deadline in Major League Baseball coming up on the horizon August 1st. We'll talk about that. And uh, also your Detroit Lions yes training camp 2023 in full effect I'm Steve and that must make you
1: Jamie Edmonds in the house what's happening just got back from that training camp you speak of
0: yeah can't wait to uh, well there was a scare no oh, yes earlier today oh, and yes. uh, thank God tragedy was averted uh, we'll have that I need to do this though because it's very exciting uh, as always we thank our presenting sponsor, Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort, a bunch of fine folks up there. And, uh, you know, they're always looking to better, and that's a hard thing to do,
1: yeah, uh, their
0: visitor experience. But I think they, they added something very, very nice, and that is a Ruth's Chris Steakhouse.
1: That's amazing.
0: How about that?
1: That is a great dining experience. That's one of those chains that's great wherever you go. It's excellent.
0: Never, ever, and I've been quite a few times, won't bore you with the details, have never left disappointed.
1: I love a Ruth's Chris. So if it's up at Soaring Eagle and they have casinos, I mean, (laughs) I was going to say slot machines. Of course they have a casino.
0: Of course, but I'll tell you what, um, all the more reason just to get a room and never leave. (laughs) Why would you you want to?
1: Well, if you put all your money in the slot machine you might have to leave eventually
0: well you know what is the don't mean to be simplistic roll of the dice Whoa. as far as that goes uh, but listen this Roots Chris 8,965 square foot location uh, new space features three main dining rooms a luxurious bar and bar lounge patio with ample seating as well as a private dining room that can accommodate personal and family celebrations, business meetings, and a whole lot more. Uh, this has been going on for about a month and a half right now. Uh, business, as they say, is booming. Um, but, you know, when you consider, of course it's a chain. That just happens to serve at steaks on a 500-degree Fahrenheit plate.
1: Well, okay, yes, it's a chain, but it's high-end. And yes. it always delivers. I love Ruth Chris.
0: Uh, Well, congratulations to uh, everybody involved. That is going to be a marriage made in heaven. All right. uh, First things first. The final round of the 151st Open Championship at Royal Liverpool in beautiful Hoy Lake, England, uh, was played in just wicked, wicked conditions.
1: I was telling my husband, is it ever just sunny and nice and pleasant there?
0: Very rarely. (laughs) But, you know, Jason Day has been playing golf for a long, long time. And after his round, tied for second, by the way, uh, he said it was the most drenched in a round of golf that he's ever been through.
1: I don't like playing in the rain. I find it just so
0: unenjoyable. I've got a simple rule. Want me to share it with you? Bring it. I will not tee off in the rain. Okay. I will play. In the rain, if the situation dictates, but teeing off, now it's got to be a substantial rain for me not to tee off. You know, okay. a mist. I've been known to tee.
1: The off. threshold is droplets.
0: Whatever. <laughs> but what they were doing, de- and, and you know, the caddies. Are so important in conditions like oh yesterday. Just You're changing the glo-
1: umbrella, the gloves, oh. the jacket on, jacket off. You
0: got to try and have as dry a towel as possible. Uh, but anyway, the moment belonged to Brian Harmon. That's what I said. Brian Harmon uh, came into the round with a five-stroke lead, and here was a guy that's just going about his business. And I remember I was watching it live after he hit his first tee shot you heard somebody scream hit it in the bunkers
1: he did not have the crowd at all no in fact they were against him
0: which is difficult yeah difficult to go out and do what you needed to do realizing that the gallery wants nothing to do with you they were all for the hometown youngster Tommy Fleetwood
1: but Harmon came out and said that it actually motivated him right he heard one guy loud and clear I don't know. Can you say it on the radio, what the guy said?
0: It all depends.
1: Well, I whatever. It motivated Brian Harmon to then just continue to play better. And I think what's amazing about him is every time he bogeyed, he followed it up with a birdie back-to-back.
0: Bingo. And he really didn't show really any emotion until he successfully got out of the greenside pot bunker on 18. Yes. And he did a fist bump.
1: Now, he was so even-keeled throughout four days. It was like a clinic. It kind of was boring as the viewer.
0: Yeah, you know what? I'll be completely honest with you. Because I love watching major golf. I love watching open championships because of reasons that are obvious. The thistle, (laughs) you know, the pot bunkers. And you got a little rain. Yeah, the history, yada, yada, yada. So I was hoping that he would stumble a little bit. Just make to it add,
1: interesting. Make
0: a little intrigue. So here. So did
1: I, kind of. And I feel bad saying that. But you know, also we don't really know Brian Harmon. If John Rom is doing that, I feel like it's a little different. If Rory's doing it for crying out loud, well, and
0: I, I I think the gallery was just beside themselves for Tommy Fleetwood. I think he yeah. was raised like twenty minutes away from Royal Liverpool, but you know, then he couldn't really make anything happen. So they're jumping on the Rory train. Really couldn't make anything happen. Then they're looking at John Rahm. Made something happen for a little, eh, couldn't finish it off. So then it got to a point, I think as a gallery, they started cheering a little bit (laughs) for Brian Harmon. Process elimination.
1: I'm happy for this guy. Your first major championship, I believe he's 36 years old. Good for him.
0: Yeah, and the 26th ranked player in the world uh, finishes his surprising run at very soggy Royal Liverpool cards a one under 70 in the final round yesterday to lift the Clarid Jug with a 72 hole total of 271, uh, which was six shots better than South Korea's Tom Kim, Austria's Sepstraka, Australia's Jason Day, and Spain's John Rahm. Uh, by the way, his six stroke margin of victory matches the second largest in Open Championship history by golfers representing the U.S. Tiger Woods won the Claret Jug with an eight-stroke margin at St. Andrews (laughs) in Scotland in 2000. You're right. He's uh, 36 years of age. He is the oldest first-time major champion. Since? Go ahead.
1: Sergio Garcia.
0: Was 37, winning the Masters in 2017. And a pretty nice payday. $3 million. It's
1: pretty nice.
0: You know, he's a uh, former Georgia Bulldog. And they asked him... You know what he was gonna do after this amazing champion that is gonna change his life
1: mm-hmm.
0: he's going back to Georgia apparently he just bought a brand new orange tractor <laughs> and he's got a lot of acres I didn't hear that a lot of acres of lawn to mow and he's looking forward to it
1: oh I like that for him good for you Brian Harmon also <laughs> he might make the Ryder Cup now so yeah his life's changed
0: Yeah, as a matter of fact, uh, there is uh, a lot to report on that. As far as uh, his hopes, he is expected to move to number three in the Ryder Cup points. Here's how it works. The top six players in the standings after the BMW Championship on August 20th will automatically qualify for the American team that will compete against Europe at Marco Marco Simone Golf and Country Club outside of Rome. Uh, September 29th through October 1st. So that's, a, you know what, I'm sure he is so very happy with this major championship, the Open, no less, but he has made no bones about it. He wants to be a part of a Ryder Cup team.
1: Well, that's the ultimate team, patriotism, playing in Italy. I just think it would be amazing to be a golfer and to go there as a spectator.
0: Oh, yeah. No doubt about it. And... I think during the coverage all weekend long, there's been so much made about Brian Harmon's stature, okay? He's 5'7 and 150 pounds, who, by the way, can obliterate a golf ball.
1: It doesn't matter in golf. It you doesn't. You don't have to be
0: huge. Don't have to be. I mean, It's Justin all mechanics.
1: Tom- Justin Thomas is not like a big stature no. guy. No, and he can smack and he's, it. He's you know, not playing well right now, but he's obviously amazing.
0: I don't think it's fair. Ricky
1: Fowler is a smaller guy.
0: I don't. I don't think it's fair, but you know, it is the mechanics of the game. So, congratulations, Brian Harmon. He's probably back in Georgia as we're having this conversation,
1: just mowing that lawn
0: on his brand new orange tractor, uh, loving life. You know, not to mention you're exempt for every major now for X number of years, Ryder Cup possibilities. I mean, that is a game changer.
1: Yeah, congratulations. And it's he's American, so go USA.
0: You betcha. We'll uh, talk about what's going on in Allen Park with your Detroit Lions. Training camp is underway. We'll have that and more as we continue with the Sportsbook here on 760 WJR. All right, training camp 2023 underway officially for your Detroit Lions. Uh, yesterday afternoon, veterans reported to Allen Park on Saturday. Got things going yesterday, and uh, a couple of things. We find out uh, pretty much off the get-go that uh, cornerback Emmanuel Mosley, who was brought in for all the right reasons to shore up the uh, pass defense, was placed on the physically unable to perform list. Okay, so we're dealing with that, Jamie. Right. Uh, Then we find out uh, that D.B. C.J. Gardner-Johnson, he went down uh, day two today of training camp
1: oh my gosh day two there are all those memes on social media why can't we have nice things he was one of the lion's biggest off-season acquisitions he was brought in to revamp that secondary everyone's so excited he said all the right things you know on day one and then day two he you know is falls down in a heap
0: non-contact
1: Non-contact. And that is
0: the absolute worst.
1: He's very emotional. He probably thinks the worst. Yes. His his teammates coming up to him, consoling him. He's carted off the field. And it was some tense moments throughout the day for Lions fans, Lions players. I'm sure that front office.
0: Well, we were chatting earlier. Uh, You know, they're professional athletes for crying out loud. They're, They're pretty much in tune with their bodies. So, you know, when you read the original report that he was very emotional, you're thinking, okay, that's great. That That's great. Right. He knows what's going on. Pack it in. ACL, yeah. meniscus maybe, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but let's just cut to the chase. An MRI on the aforementioned C.J. Gardner-Johnson uh, showed that his right knee had no structural damage listed as day-to-day.
1: Oh, my goodness. Oh. Exhale. Everybody exhale.
0: You know, this is it, though. I mean, what? They're going to be uh, covered mm-hmm. in bubble wrap? Throughout no. training camp?
1: And Taylor Decker spoke today, and he was saying, you know, we understand this is part of our game, and it totally True. stinks. It can happen. But as you ramp up for the season, this can happen. They all know it.
0: Well, and the, oh, well, one of the guys I felt really bad for was Aaron Glenn, Lions defensive coordinator, who was much maligned, you'll recall, during sure. the 1-6 and six start a year ago. Uh, some wanted uh, uh, the broom to be administered. Uh, But he stuck to the fight, and the defense uh, certainly improved uh, as the uh, season wore on. And you're thinking, man, they go out. Brad Holmes, general manager, goes out, basically rebuilds the defensive secondary. And, okay, we've got one guy on the uh, physically unable to perform list, and now this. So, so far, it's a lot brighter than it could have been.
1: Yes, I mean, everyone's exhale, exhaling. It's going to be okay. It seems like without structural damage, he's going to be ready for the season. Whether he participates in training camp or not, he knows what he's doing. He's a veteran.
0: I was right. just uh, reading today, uh, early training camp prognostication in USA Today. And uh, they have the Honolulu Blue and Silver at 11-6, and six, winning the division. Interesting enough, they had the Bears, uh, Vikings, and Packers all at 7-10. and 10. All of them.
1: This is unbelievable. Dan Campbell called it the hype train right. leaving the station. And sure, it's a lot of hype, but maybe they can deliver. They have not won the division since 1993. Right. It seems like they have the parts to do
0: it. They haven't been in the postseason since 2016 under Jim Caldwell. And yes, all the pieces are there. But I did find it very interesting that Dan Campbell, uh, wise beyond his years, gets into it day one of training camp, talking about the hype train Mm -hmm. and that you've got to keep doing the work. You don't read all this stuff and believe it because nothing's going to be handed to you. You got to go out and you got to perform.
1: And how even keel is Dan Campbell? Think about it. When they were one and six, he was the same guy at that podium as he was when they were winning to end the season. And now he's back. He's the same guy again. I think that is helpful.
0: Well, it is. And I think organization wide, look, the whole franchise sees itself in a position that they haven't been in in a long, long time
1: yeah and we were talking about the workout that happened today and to you that signals how serious they are right sure Bridgewater
0: yeah Teddy Bridgewater uh, was brought in for a workout these two parties have been interested dancing yes (laughs) Uh, for a while with nothing really to show for it there's been no dip if you will
1: right but you say well, Nate Sutfeld was a topic of conversation this morning with Dan Campbell, and they're saying we feel comfortable with him, blah, blah, blah. But you think bringing Teddy Bridgewater in for an actual workout today means they want more depth there.
0: Well, here's my thought, and it's my thought only. In order for the Lions to get to where they want to be, okay, if that's 11-6, and six, we'll use that for sake of argument. And a playoff team. And then take it from there I think you and again this is just me I think you need a better insurance policy at quarterback than Nate Sudfeld Teddy Bridgewater I think would be that guy
1: well say if Jared Goff is extremely hurt then the Lions are kind of yes screwed Yes, I didn't know if you could say that on there yes okay If he's injured for a game or two, you need the quarterback, the backup to win them games. And Teddy Bridgewater could be that guy.
0: And that being said, we had a good friend, Tim uh, Twentyman, from DetroitLions.com on the album show a little earlier. And uh, he said that organization-wide, Nate Sudfeld was getting uh, some pretty rave reviews during the uh, uh, off-season Yeah, they
1: brought him in late last year. So can you really judge him last year.
0: But I think there's a little bit of Dan Campbell and maybe a little bit of Ben Johnson, offensive coordinator, that are saying, okay, things are going well. You know, hypothetically, we're 5-2 at one point. Again, hypothetically. yeah. God forbid, Jared Goff goes down with an injury.
1: Out, not a serious
0: one. Not a serious.
1: Right. One. You need to keep the train moving in the same direction.
0: Are they truly happy with Nate Sudfeld coming in and taking over?
1: You don't they bring, say they are. You
0: don't bring Teddy Bridgewater in
1: <laughs> if, for a,
0: yet another workout. Right. If there isn't some semblance of thought that we need this guy just in case. I agree. So, and no disrespect to Nate Sudfeld. Right. You know, now the the question is, um, are they in a position to keep both? I don't.
1: They've rolled with three quarterbacks before.
0: And maybe in today's NFL, um, you know, because Hendon Hooker, you draft him, okay? I get it. Everybody's excited. Six three, two twenty.
1: Forgot about Hendon Hooker. He was out there.
0: Yeah, Sunday. But they're going to be very, very careful. Yeah, uh, with him as he comes, you know, back to the knee. Um, so, Nate Sudfeld, seven years experience. How much total playing time has he seen? I mean, back in his early days in San Francisco, saw some time. Um, nothing substantial of late
1: right so is teddy bridgewater more i don't know qualified
0: well i think he's uh you know seen a little more playing time of late and he's been a starter yeah um and i think he gives you a better dimension if i can say it that way than nate sudfeld
1: well, I think he's more battle-tested. Yeah, that's true. And obviously the front office thinks the same. Otherwise, why was Teddy Bridgewater here?
0: Well, again, you know, Brad Holmes, Dan Campbell, they're not going to bring in a guy like Teddy Bridgewater. Oh, and by the way, I think the interest has, has got to be uh, two-sided because Teddy Bridgewater knows what the story is here in Detroit. Right. You know, Jared Goff's going to be the starter. End of story.
1: Right, you're not coming in to start these games. Are you comfortable with that role?
0: He, I guess would have to be, because I asked him the same question. Because if if you've been a starter, as Teddy Bridgewater has been and has had success, at this point in his career, are you going to be happy being the backup guy?
1: Maybe if this team looks like they're going in the direction that the hype train believes it is.
0: The hype train, it's moving. (laughs)
1: choo-choo here we go
0: (laughs) Uh, we'll talk Tigers Uh, they've won two straight how about that and uh, women's World Cup get your thoughts on that we've got it all for you coming up here on 760 WJR all right welcome back into the sports book here on 760 WJR thank you very much again to our friends at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort uh, where you can go up there have the time of your lives and top-shelf accommodations and, uh, yeah, enjoy Roots Chris. It's up there right now. I love it. Wow.
1: Let's do it.
0: So when Monday Night Football starts, instead <laughs> of betting beers, we're going to be uh, betting dinners at Roots Chris.
1: You owe me a steak. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's living.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, all right. Uh, good news from the ball yard today. Uh, remember, the Tigers and Giants supposed to tangle at Comerica Park last April. Uh, They did, uh, but one game got rained out. It was made up today. The uh, Giants coming off a long road trip. How happy do you think they were to make a pit stop in Detroit?
1: Yeah, especially today.
0: Uh, Well, it turned out to be a wonderful afternoon um, and didn't work out for the Giants. They fall to your Tigers 5-1. Uh, some highlights here, Spencer Torkelson, he had an RBI to go along with two hits. Kerry Carpenter, honest ball player, isn't he?
1: Yeah, and he's getting some looks from, you know, the rumor mill.
0: Oh, he sure is. A uh, couple of hits to go along with two RBI. Zach Short, a two-run shot in the eighth. Again, Tigers win it 5-1. They have now won two in a row. And, yes, the trade deadline coming up on August 1st. And I got to tell you, I am very, very interested to see what uh, Scott Harris does uh, from this uh, Tigers personnel deal. Because uh, right now, all we've got, Jane, is the rumor mill. Right. And you're hearing names uh, like Kerry Carpenter, um, Alex Lang, Eduardo Rodriguez. Who's that? Foley. Yeah.
1: Rodriguez, Lorenzen. I mean, it's all what Scott Harris wants to do like who is important to keep who can you get something for I think Eduardo Rodriguez who has this opt-out he's got to be gone
0: yeah you know unless I think the only offset to that is if Eduardo don't know the guy if he went to AJ Hinch and said look I want to be a part of whatever's going on here I like it here my family likes it here now that's a possibility
1: I suppose but I think not
0: no, probably not when to go to the highest bidder. But as it stands right now, and this is where the plot thickens, because here we are, uh, just about late July, and the Tigers are forty six and fifty-four. But again, they're in a very poor division. They're only six and a half games out of first place. The wild card ain't happening. So there is a chance, maybe remote, that they win the American League Central.
1: I think that ship has sailed. That's where I'm at.
0: All right. Myself as well. But I'm just saying, you know, you're six and a half games out with a lot of baseball to go.
1: A lot of baseball to go, except you have this darn trade deadline coming up where you have to decide now. And I think Scott Harris is looking at this team. They're not going to make any kind of run. Even if they would sneak in, that's not what he wants for this team. So he's going to do what's best for them long term.
0: No, but I think what makes his job a little more difficult is if they do make a run. Now what do you do?
1: But they would have had to have done that right now, and they're not.
0: Uh, good outing, by the way. I forgot to mention this. Terek Skubal, five innings of work, uh, still on somewhat of a pitch count. Uh, just gave up two hits, struck out nine. That's and good news. Yeah, that is outstanding news. As a matter of fact, the bullpen, Cisnero, Holton, and Foley come on. Uh, and get the job done so uh, you know now uh, to your point uh, you have a little bit harder schedule uh, coming up here uh, in the next couple of weeks Uh, as a matter of fact you've got three with the uh, Los Angeles Angels and that being said with the uh, trade deadline uh, series by the way will start tomorrow night through Thursday Shohei Ohtani have you read Some are saying that this dude could get a a half-a-billion-dollar contract.
1: I can't even wrap my head around that number. These contracts in sports. You know. But he's unlike anybody else ever.
0: That I've ever seen. Yeah. You know. uh, So does
1: he deserve it? The market says he does.
0: He deserves it if somebody pays him.
1: If somebody's willing to pay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I've made the analogy before that uh, – roadhouse whatever where curio cabinets if this went to auction it would bring sixteen hundred dollars it's worthless unless somebody gives you sixteen hundred dollars or whatever (laughs) yeah i mean like those
1: shows with the what's it called antique yeah yeah antique
0: road show yeah okay at auction it could bring but you know shohei otani he's gonna want top dollar now i don't know a half a billion dollars is a lot of money
1: for me and you.
0: All right, who can afford that though in major league baseball? The Dodgers? Yankees? The Stanks? oh uh.
1: Yeah, the bigger teams. Well, Tigers no.
0: They get uh 3 against Otani and the Angels and then 3 They go back on the road to face the uh, Miami Marlins, who are all of a sudden above five hundred ball club.
1: I think there are positives within this Tigers team to look toward the future. Torkelson is turning a corner. He's got 15 home runs. His name's been mentioned. I know. It's if Scott Harris sees future with Spencer. But I think, you know, he's turning a corner. He has 54 RBI, 15 home runs, and we're only, you know, halfway done with the season. Is he a 30 home run scorer? I think he could be. Yeah.
0: I think the thing about Torkelson, and I, I think I said this last week, and I'm going to stand by my story. There's no doubt that he's swinging a better bat than he did yes. last year. There's no doubt about it. It's defensively the faux pas that irked the living you-know-what out of me mm-hmm. and can't have it. Now, there's a... Chana thought that Scott Harris didn't bring him into the organization. So, you know what, what can you get for Spencer torque? I I, I would imagine you could get a little something-something.
1: Right. So, does Scott Harris want to keep him around, see what potential he has, or does he not see it?
0: Hmm. This is what's so compelling, because the three-game series against the Marlins will take you right to that August 1st trade deadline.
1: I think his decisions are made. He's now wheeling and dealing.
0: And that
1: the next coming games are not going to sway him.
0: Could you make the case that the only, that the only untouchable on this Tiger roster is uh, Riley Green?
1: Yeah. You totally could.
0: Well, the great Lynn Henning, been covering the uh, Tigers forever. I think uh, that's where he's throwing his hat.
1: He said Riley Green is the only untouchable? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could see it too.
0: And uh and Miguel.
1: <laughs> yeah, okay. Untouchable because what are you going to do with him?
0: Yeah, that's going to be an interesting story too. Uh Mickey wants to be uh part of the front office.
1: <laughs> All right, Meg. Sure.
0: You got to you got to commit, man.
1: You got to come into the office. Every, Every day. day. Every day. <laughs> yeah.
0: Not one of these deals where I'll see you two days a week or whatever. We saw Al Kaline do it. We saw Willie Horton do it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you want to do it, I'm, I'm sure that they'd be all ears.
1: Well, he is still a big draw. Max Clark was just here this past weekend, and he oh, yeah. talked to Miggy, and he was all giddy about talking to Miggy. So having the future Hall of Famer around your organization might be a good thing.
0: Well, we'll uh, have to wait and see. But uh Tigers take care of business and uh get the five one win over the uh Giants today. Uh don't get me started on Javi Baez. Um hitting two twenty six right now. Did you see the defensive faux pas Sunday?
1: Yes. Yeah. Ninth
0: inning. Really? I
1: mean is this benchable again? I don't where are we?
0: he didn't start today. I just uh can't figure the dude out. And you know so once, hot and cold. Well, once we got him, I had several former Cubs fans call and say, Okay, good luck. <laughs> You're really gonna like this guy. And then he shows signs of
1: there are flashes. competency. Yeah.
0: And then there's times that even a routine throw to first becomes adventuresome.
1: <laughs> I know. It's, well, the at-bats are also quite a show.
0: Swing at anything and everything over and over again. Yeah, hitting. Carlos uh,
1: Correa is not doing that well. Remember everyone wanted him?
0: Right, right. So, no, they, it's a wash between those right. two, to be honest.
1: 232.
0: But, you know, you look at a guy like Zach McKinstry. I think he's an honest ball player. Do you? Yes. Uh, Zach hitting 242. Uh, twenty-three RBI, seven home runs. Matt Veerling, I think he's an honest ball player.
1: He's heating up.
0: Uh, right now, two sixty-six. Riley Green, the only Tiger at three hundred or better. He's at three oh nine right now. Uh, Eric Haas, I think offensively a disappointing year. He's hitting two oh three right now. Uh, two hundred thirty-six at bats, but I think he plays. The position well and you can even put him in the outfield.
1: It's just been such a long rebuild. I mean, such a long rebuild. And I know it's not Scott Harris's fault. He just got here. He has to do what he thinks is right. But I'm exhausted.
0: I would love to be a fly on the wall at this point in the season for when Scott Harris walks into A.J. Hinch's office and closes the door
1: <laughs> and tells him the deal.
0: Well, you know, just gets his thoughts. Because I do think that the relationship between Scott Harris and A.J. Hinch has got to be pretty darn good.
1: I think so. Open-door policy.
0: You know, and this is what I think. What do you think?
1: Yeah.
0: You know, I've got an offer for this guy. What do you think? Uh, Do you think we're going anywhere? The answer to that is probably no. Not this year. Right. But the problem with the potential trades that we've discussed whether it be Eduardo Rodriguez, whether it be a Spencer Torkelson, whether it be uh, whomever, an Alex Lang, you know, eventually you want to be good, right? Yes. And so you've got to be a hell of a fortune teller at this point in a season to say this guy's expendable, this guy's expendable. Yes, he's a good ball player. That's
1: job for him to make those decisions. And
0: it's not an easy job in any way, shape, or form.
1: You know what I think about all the time? The rotation of Doug Fister, Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander, Porcello.
0: David Price.
1: Remember how fun that was?
0: Oh, yeah. (laughs) And we didn't win anything. No. We won nothing. And look what the Mets are going through right now. $350 million ball club. And they stink. (laughs) It's insane. It's just insane what's going on there.
1: These are the decisions that have to be made. Is this guy worth a billion dollars? Is he worth a giant long contract? If it brings you a World Series, then yeah.
0: Well, look what the Rams are going through right now. Mm. But they won a Super Bowl. So worth it. And then they wanted number nine, Matthew Stafford, to redo his deal. He said, no, go (laughs) salt. It is what it is.
1: No hometown discount. Bye-bye.
0: All right. It's the sports book right here on 760 WJR. So a little bit ago, I was asked if I had any interest in joining a soccer team. (laughs) Really? Back in the youth. And, uh, you know, I thought about it. I like to to compete. Still do to a degree. But I thought about this game of soccer or football, as they call it in Europe. And it occurred to me that there seems to be a little bit of running involved.
1: (laughs) Yes. Back and forth, back and forth. Not your
0: thing? I opted out. (laughs) Uh, But I'll tell you. What do you do instead? Football, baseball.
1: There's running involved there.
0: Not nearly as much. (laughs) And uh, you don't go off sides in football, for crying out loud. Uh, But I do enjoy uh, watching World Cup. Love World Cup. I I do.
1: I love it. And you might as well watch the women because they actually do something in the World
0: Cup. Well, and, you know, here's the thing. We were talking about it, and once again, for research purposes, uh, watch the uh, match, the opener, against Vietnam at a pub. Are you shocked? Probably not. Um, but there's a lot of folks. Who are there, and if I was given a dollar, you know, being in sports, and maybe you're the same way, Jane, why doesn't youth soccer translate? To a lifetime love of the game. You know what I mean?
1: I don't know. Is it lack of opportunity once you kind of leave that youth realm?
0: Being in Livonia, there are a lot of very successful youth soccer leagues.
1: You know, at Channel 4, we talk about this Canton. There's a Canton soccer yes. tournament that's huge. Oh, yeah. Huge.
0: Enormous. Um, but a case in point, you know, there was a Men's World Cup going on probably a dozen years ago or so. I'm having a conversation with a guy that played soccer at Penn State. You know, at a pub. (laughs) Who's shocked? Um, And I said, man, you're probably just following this World Cup crazy, crazy strong. No. Really? He played collegiate soccer. And he's watching, but he's, you know.
1: So wild, the intensity with which everyone else in the world watches soccer. And how here we're just kind of like, meh.
0: It's... uh, Again, I've been asked a lot, you know, uh, because my nieces have all played. And my one niece, uh, Riley, very, very accomplished. Um, Loves the game. Just loves it right now. I think she's like on an over 25 league or whatever it is these days. Um, But in America, I think there are a lot of people that watch Women's World Cup, which is going on now, but... To get up on a Saturday and watch a European match.
1: No. That ain't happening. Although, interest in soccer right now is pretty big for Americans, at least. Lionel Messi wow, is playing for Inter-Miami and had the game-winning free kick, and it sort of went viral.
0: That was a heck of a goal. Yeah. It was – I can't believe there's human beings that can do that. And oh, the and-
1: place was going nuts, so there are certainly – and look at DCFC – they pack that place in ham trimmer.
0: Yeah, they do. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying that there's no following to soccer.
1: It's just niche, like it's smaller.
0: Yeah, but, you know, and quickly about Lionel Messi. He told the Saudis, take your billion and uh, I'm just going to go to Miami.
1: Easy to do when you're as rich as he well, is. Well, yeah,
0: yeah. He, you know, he's not clipping coupons either. <laughs> uh, but the Americans uh, open up with a 3-0 uh, win over Vietnam. Vietnam, quite frankly. Their goalkeeper was playing extremely hard.
1: Many thought that this is going to be a blowout because the Americans are favored. They're on their quest for a three-peat.
0: It would it would have been if it wasn't for their keeper. She she had some game, but then the Vietnamese kind of were playing like they just were happy to be there. As a matter of fact, the coach said... They didn't
1: have a shot on goal. They didn't.
0: (laughs) Um, They were trying to prevent tragedy. So it was like all this defensive struggle. But the coach is like, oh, we're not worried about first. We're thinking about our first goal. We're thinking about this. We're thinking about that.
1: They're just happy to be there.
0: Well, now it's a different deal. Because up next 9 o'clock Wednesday night, uh, it's the Netherlands. Uh, will be their third consecutive tournament following the 2021 Olympics and the 2022 Euros with a new head coach. Uh, Even with the Netherlands celebrating high-scoring wins over Belgium, Poland, and Austria over the past few months, narrow defeats to Germany and France over the past year suggest they're still below the top tier of contenders uh, in Australia and New Zealand. And the Americans are not taking them lightly. This is going well, you to be can't
1: because everyone wants to take down the American team. This is a rematch of the twenty nineteen Women's World Cup final against the Netherlands. So it should be a good one.
0: Well, you know, it's uh it's interesting, you know, how you know, this Sophia Smith again, I I, I tapped into my niece and her expertise for uh, this valuable nugget of information. I asked her, this Sophia Smith, was she considered to be a really, really, really good talent going into World Cup. And she said, absolutely, without a doubt. And she's 20, 21 years old. And that's, I think, how special this American team is. A pretty good mix of youth and experience.
1: Well, you have the names, you know, Julie Ertz, et cetera. And then you have this youth, Sophia. And I just watched a story. Her name is escaping me. She went to Stanford and was the captain at Stanford. She's amazing.
0: Dennis Rodman's daughter, Trinity amazing I mean uh, you know I don't know I think their relationship is good but she is by all accounts a very very talented player who if all goes according to plan is going to be around for a while
1: I'm looking at the roster I want to know this girl's name I just watched a story on her and she is amazing Naomi Gurma hmm. went to Stanford captain at Stanford she's a defender she's amazing
0: well, you know, going for a three-peat, you know, we were talking about the Lions earlier, and when there's expectation, that brings a lot of pressure. Yes. Some rise to the occasion and thrive on it. Others collapse like a house of cards. <laughs> and when you're the number one-ranked team in the world going for a three-peat, you know, you talk about having having to be focused think, every time you take the pitch.
1: I think they're going to be fine. They're strong-willed. Let's 3 P. Let's get behind them. Let's go. See you at the bar on Wednesday. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, certainly could make that happen. Yeah. I don't see why not. Okay. Uh, But I'll be tuned in. Great. N- nine o'clock start. Uh, I'm all in.
1: Do you want to talk about it on Friday night?
0: I'm sure we will. Okay. Oh, way to go. Yep. A very special edition of the sports book coming up Friday night from Boyne for the Tournament of Champions. Uh, looking forward to it. Can't wait. You're going to be up there with Ryan and Livy.
1: Yes. We're going to play in this golf tournament, and then we're going to have an extra special show on Friday.
0: Looking forward to it. That will be from 7 to 8 this Friday night. Uh, we will be covering all the bases and kibitzing about this, that, and the other thing. Jamie, look forward to it. I'll see you up there. See you there. All right, Parker, job well done, as always. That is going to wrap up this edition of the Sportsbook. Thanks for listening, as always, at 760 WJR.